What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, football is back and Bet Online still remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, the easiest. It's the best way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag, join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you so much Bet Online for bringing this podcast to the people. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mikey Likes You. Oh, an exciting episode today. I want to talk about the number one thing holding you back from getting the gains that you want, regardless of really what your goal is. And that's a pretty bold assumption that I know what it is, but it's something that has come up so frequently and with so many different people, not only people that I meet, but throughout all the geeky reading I do on Reddit or whatever it may be, actually never, I don't know why I said that, you know, and it's funny because it leads me right into what this whole podcast is about. Like I just said, Reddit. Because I know that it's really popular and really widely used for people to get geeky about any topic. If you have a kind of very esoteric idea of what's interesting to you, regardless of what it is, it could be mainstream or it could be very, very, very uh, unique and avant-garde and different. Reddit is a place to go. But I've never really ever been on Reddit When Reddit was first coming out, well, not first coming out, but first getting really big, I went on there for Loveline. I didn't personally go, but Tyler, who was running our social media and shit at that time, he's like, you got to do an AMA. I was like, what the hell is that? And he said, it's an ask me anything. I was like, fuck yeah, me and Drew did one. And so I went and I checked it out and I realized that Reddit really is where people go when they have a topic they're very interested in and then talk tons of shit about it. 
But I just said it right now. It was a complete lack of honesty. Why? Because I, I, I went, I scoured my brain in the moment and went to what does everybody think of when they think of research? And so I said Reddit. It was a complete lack of honesty with myself and with you. And that's what I wanted to talk about. I am pretty positive that the number one thing holding you back from weight loss, fat loss, muscle gain, performance improvement is just a complete lack of self-honesty. Honesty in general, but the... The, the resistance to doing kind of a personal inventory and having rigorous honesty with what's going on with you is holding so many people back. It's ha it has held me back at many stages in my life in many different arenas. And where I finally came to the conclusion that this was something that had to be broached was by analyzing something in my life that I was just I wouldn't say that I was lying to myself I was just willfully denying something I was providing myself plausible deniability and then kind of resting on that and um, my sober birth my 20 year sober birthday came up the other day and so I reevaluated a lot of my 12-step work, you know? And I don't want to talk about the ins and outs of 12-step work because it's inappropriate. There's a reason why there's a reason why anonymous is at the end. But I've given up a lot of the anonymous nature of my recovery. Oh. Lots of burps. By virtue of what I do for a living. And there was so much value intrinsic value and 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 noticeable value in me being honest about recovery and addiction and by 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 virtue of what I do for a living like I said and by nature of what I was doing I had to have my name out there and I had to attach it to what I was doing because not for any sense of attention or for any sense of like exhibitionism I would talk about recovery and addiction in a very honest and real way uh, on the radio. And I started getting lots and lots of callers and then more more so people in my private life who would contact me via um, the K-Rock, which was the station I worked at, which through the web, the website had all our like station emails and people would email me, tweet me. Subsequently, then Facebook messaged me and Instagram me the whole thing. And they would talk about how much it made them feel better. Either they were struggling at the time or their son or daughter, wife, whatever. And I wasn't giving out any new information, just telling my story, just telling people about how I felt. And I would and I, I, I had to, by virtue of that, give up on this one notion of like anonymity. Um, you know, Steve O and I have talked about this. It's tough. It's tough. Um it's obviously a lot harder for Steve-O because he's way famous. And I'm not way famous. I'm known to a lot more people than the average bloke. But I am not I'm not a celebrity. Steve-O is a massive fucking recognizable person. 
Um, even if you're not like a jackass fan, you hear, yeah, dude, if you walked into a place, you'd be like, oh, fuck, here's Steve-O, <laughs> you know? And we, we've talked about it, uh, about how it feels funny because you're, you're very cognizant of the fact that it's something that should be done anonymously, but you can't really do that sometimes if you uh, have certain certain lines of work. But anyway, so I'm getting back to what spawned this whole idea was I had to reassess a lot of the things that I was doing in my life, especially based around alcoholism and drug addiction. And the biggest aspect of that is really being honest, right? Being honest with it because the disease of addiction makes you a fucking bullshit liar. And so you have to work really hard to be honest, honest with people in your life. But more importantly, I think, is honest with yourself. And it's really easy to recognize when you're being dishonest to other people. Even as you're doing it. I'm not a dishonest person uh, in life. But in the, on those rare occasions when it comes up, I, I, I'm thinking, you know... <laughs> In my life right now, I don't really lie, but I will do that on occasion to my child because she's a little girl. And you don't necessarily always want to be very completely honest. Um, you know, she, uh, she, she likes to do spa days, right? Or like uh, she does my hair. She wants, she really dreams of being like a hairdresser. She loves it. So she'll do my hair, right? Or she'll do my nails. And sometimes it looks like shit. But I'm not going to tell her it looks like shit. I'm going to be like, oh, it's the best haircut. I've, this is the best hairdo I've ever had. Um, You know, so, yeah, little things like that come up. But as you're doing it, it's sometimes, I, I think unless you're a sociopath, you feel bad. You feel bad as you're being dishonest to other people. You're recognizing it. It's really easy to completely overlook being dishonest to yourself. And that holds people back in a million ways. And I could say that with a lot of confidence because it's held me back in a million ways. And um, there's so much freedom once you finally get honest with yourself. And start recognizing very evident problems. Because what? What fitness is all about? Training, nutrition, all that. I've said it a million times on this podcast and I'll say it another million times, I'm sure. Because it's not beating a dead horse. It's something that people have to hear over and over again. Because the lion's share of what would be looked at as fitness journalism, whatever the fuck that may be nowadays. Any level of journalism, whatever it may be nowadays. It's not telling you the truth, so you find it very easy to kind of just regurgitate bullshit back to yourself. But the reality is, is that training, nutrition, all of that, it's about self-discovery. It's about self-discovery and gaining better self-awareness by purposefully doing something that's really difficult. Oftentimes when you don't necessarily want to. And by adding difficulty 
As you go, as you get better, it becomes harder. As you get more muscular, it becomes more difficult to train. As you get leaner, it becomes more difficult to fucking diet. So this is one of those things that it has very little to do with vanity. It has very little to do with performance. I, Of course, those are factors. And I'm sure there's some people who lean on either too much. Unless they're getting a paycheck for it. I'm, I'm sure there's people who are just accountants that are so obsessive about their deadlift that their life is ruined. And I'm sure there's people who are, you know, uh, attorneys that are just so obsessed with their abs that it fucks their whole life up, okay? So, uh, yes, vanity performance becomes a component. But what it's really about, if it's going to be useful and sustainable, it's about self-discovery. It's about knowledge, education about oneself and how you fit in into the world around you. So here is how at least I have dealt with this problem. And some common traps when it comes to bullshitting yourself. And then that leading to not making the gains you want to make or not making the progress you want to make, regardless, again, regardless of what the goal may be, you may want to lose 40 pounds. You may want to get shredded for summer. You may want, you're, you may be in a movie next month and you just have to look like uh, a Marine and you went to Juilliard and you've never even seen a gun. My point being is that there's myriad reasons and motives for people to get involved in physical transformation or fitness. But it doesn't really matter because you can dress it up differently. In the end, it's really all about the same thing. And it's about self-discovery and becoming a better person. And, and having irrefutable knowledge that you're making yourself better, it reflects on you in the craziest ways. In the fucking craziest ways. Um, I actually, I, I found a, a article... And I was studying something completely unrelated to Henry Cavill or to anything having to do with Superman or Mark Twight. Um, but I, I found this and I thought it was really fascinating and telling. And it gives you a perfect example of how we can develop ourselves. Henry Cavill was screwed. It was another cold winter's day on the Vancouver set of Man of Steel, the kind that makes it hard to get out of bed, harder still to get motivated to train, and for Cavill, nearly impossible to move the damn barbell. He was on his final rep of his final set of front squats when his leg muscles froze under the stress of the 305 pounds sitting across his shoulders. That's goddamn impressive. He had dutifully pounded out three sets of four with that weight, Already, but at the bottom of the fourth rep of his fourth set, Cavill's muscles flat out quit on him. His ass was pinned to the ground and his knees started to buckle inward. His trainer, Jim Jones founder Mark Twight, who closely monitored Cavill throughout the Man of Steel training, waited for his client to lean forward and dump the bar to the ground. Instead, Cavill did something that Twight, a man not easily impressed, would remember forever. He drove his heels into the ground and pushed, his face twisting into an expression that can only come from an outlay of supreme effort, his body working harder 
Then, at any time during his entire year of training for the role, and slowly he began to rise out of the hole, grinding his way back up, until he completed the rep. He racked the bar, lifted his head, and opened his eyes, and everything seemed different. Suddenly, there was a confidence and elation, but beyond that, there was a puzzlement, the eyes of a man trying to process a whole new world of possibilities. Listen to this quote. Twight said, Somehow, he got his shit together. To see him do that, then walk around like he's on air, to believe in himself enough to try that hard, that was one of the more impressive things that happened during the whole course of this process. Now, he's saying that Mark Twight, by the way, is an incredibly powerful name in the fitness industry, a former um, professional rock climber, alpine skier and the founder of a famous gym in salt lake city i believe called jim jones they became famous um by training the cast of 300 and of course the results spoke for themselves when anyone saw that movie and gerard butler's a big fat fuck and he looked amazing and um he then went on to train Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot and all these amazing celebrities to do pretty impressive shit when it came to physique training. He then went on to divorce himself from Jim Jones and started his own project with his partner, Michael Blevins, who's also really respected in the fitness industry. I like Michael Blevins very much. I like Mark very much. And they started nonprofit, but spelled like a Messiah prophet, P-R-O-P-H-E-T. Uh, also very interesting shit there. You should check it out. But it, look, this is, we're talking about a guy training to be Superman in a hundred, hundreds of millions of dollars are spent on him looking like Superman. But it was what was the most meaningful moment to both Henry Cavill and to Mark Twight, the man who was paid to train him, was not what he looked like in any scene. It wasn't his level of body fat. It wasn't the size of his day. It was this one moment where the man changed himself because he pinned himself at the bottom of a 305-pound front squat. His fourth fucking set of that, by the way. That's That's a really impressive front squat. I could front squat 305, but for one rep. I ain't doing four sets of four. Granted, Henry Cavill is 30 pounds heavier than me, probably. But either way, it's still fucking way impressive. And he's at the bottom. And he could have easily dumped it and gone on and probably had the same results as far as his physique. But he didn't. And from that point on, by Henry Cavill's own admission, on top of Mark Twight's words, he was a different guy. Not only because of the sense of accomplishment, but because he, you start to look at yourself and you're like, why, how the fuck did I commit that level of effort to anything? I can't believe that. The physical pain, the emotional strain, the fear of being at the bottom of something like that. And this is another reason why I think combat sports is so amazing. If you have no desire to ever get in a fist fight or ever be in a ring or a cage or an octagon of any type or on a wrestling mat, it doesn't matter. There's so much value to a human being being and it does the value. I'm far from George St. Pierre. I'm not trying to say like I'm some 
combat sports master, but I know enough to know that the value in it oftentimes doesn't come from doing well. It's when someone is beating the fucking shit out of you. I have been in at Muay Thai and in boxing and people who are so much better than me, which is most people, uh, are just, just tuning me up. And I'm breathing so hard. I, I feel like I everything about me is like, I got to give I got to just walk out of this ring. But when I make it to the end of the third round or the fifth round, whatever we decide it is going to be the be it for this sparring, right? The, the, fi- the when that third minute ends in that final round and I get out and I walk and I'm still standing and I said, I found something inside me. That I probably didn't know was there. And I made it through. And oftentimes, this guy who, and sometimes girl, who is a competitive fighter, will be like, hey, good good shit, man. Good, good for you. And then I get under that rope, and I walk away, and I feel, I, I don't know if I've ever felt elation like that. I'll never... Go to Lumpini Stadium for anything else besides to be a spectator. I'll never probably ever do anything constructive as a martial artist or as a fighter. But damn it, it feels amazing. The other day, I was at jiu-jitsu, and Tim Kennedy was there. Our coach was there. Um... Giancarlo, who recently won uh, ADCC at his body weight, he's uh, there was a bunch of fucking murderers there, right? And they they tapped the shit out of me, like they I was tapping like crazy, you know. But I was getting passed around by these guys, like I was Lana Rhodes, just passing me around, fucking me up. And you know what? I didn't. I just didn't stop. I didn't stop. I didn't take one round off, and I didn't. I didn't submit from the bottom just out of fatigue. I didn't submit out of being fearful and crushed on the bottom. I I submitted when I was getting choked or my fucking arm was going to get pulled off. But I kept coming and I and and I t- I tell you I've been to plenty of jujitsu classes where I've tapped 10 people and I don't feel the same way that I felt when I I was like I I I dug deep cuz I it was it was miserable. <laughs> you know, and training with Orlando Sanchez, the guy who got me into jujitsu. He's so big and he's so strong and he's so good at jujitsu. He's so technically good. He used to fucking kill me. He used to just smash me. I would do mostly privates at that time, you know, when I was transitioning from white belt to blue belt. And Orlando was like 300 pounds. And he would just pass my guard and just smash me over and over and over again. And I would feel amazing. And the fear and and the focus that comes with doing dangerous things in the gym too that's why i i recommend not only do i think there's a benefit to compound movements heavy compound movements from a physique alteration standpoint from a performance standpoint um isolation movements have their place i'm not trying to say they don't but but if you build your training around compound movements i think there's a benefit from a training standpoint right but on top of it, there's a psychological thing that goes on. It's really easy to phone it in doing preacher curls on a machine. 
it's it's impossible to phone it in to do a heavy set of squats or front squats or deadlifts or cleans. You can't phone it in. This doesn't happen. Not if you're truly training. Because when you get to that weight that you have to really focus, you're focused. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And sometimes you pull off a lift and you you just like, you like, like happened to Henry Cavill. It was a self-awareness boost. It's self-discovery. And that's what training is all about. And that all goes out the door if you're bullshitting yourself and you're saying you just overlook a lot of shit. More so than I think people lie to themselves. They're like, I've been eating amazingly clean. I, I, I had a banana cream, an entire banana cream pie and washed it down with regular Coca-Cola last night. I've been eating really clean. I don't think that happened. What happens is, is what happened with me. You just, know, I know I've been sleeping four or five hours a night. But I just continue to do it and and like not, not address this because as I've said, I think the real basis of training and eating properly and, and nourishing your body, all of that is more so about self-discovery. But when you get to, well, what is this aspect of the self-discovery? What is training? What is nutrition? It's a game of identify problem and fix problem. If you're overweight, you have identified that you have to eat less. There are many ways to do it. But bottom line is you're overweight, you have to eat less. Move more and eat less. Okay, if you are underweight, if you're scrawny, you have to eat more and you have to lift weights. Identify problem, fix problem. That's what training and eating is all about. So I identify problem and I don't fix it. And I think that that's the, the key to you people especially people that I work with on my top tier at, at my Patreon, by the way, link in my profile, um, are all, all so smart and so capable as human beings. But it's, it's very eye-opening to see that there's just these glaring holes in their preparation and their uh, their their performance both in the gym and in the kitchen that they with a little bit of prodding will go yeah that's true you're right i just got to do that and i don't know why the fuck i haven't been so thank you and that's to me the value of a good coach in any endeavor not more so than the X's and O's. You could talk about the greatest basketball coach, the greatest fitness coach, the greatest powerlifting coach, the greatest weightlifting coach, MMA, whatever. People have technical knowledge and they make shitty coaches. And there are people who maybe don't have the most in-depth understanding of the given sport, but they make excellent coaches because they bring something out of people. They have the ability to bring something out of people. Nobody would say that Phil Jackson is the greatest basketball mind ever. There are probably people who are shitty at basketball. There are probably sports broadcasters that know more about the X's and O's of technically playing the game and the statistics and the history of the game. But Phil Jackson is an amazing, amazing coach because he, unlike anybody else, has this crazy guru ability to control 
out-of-this-world egos. Dozens of them. Nobody else could put Michael Jordan in the same locker room with Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen and all the and, and be able to control that and to really get it going in a positive direction. Phil Jackson could. Nobody could take Shaq and Kobe and contain it and contain it and put it in the right direction. Phil Jackson could do that. And and sometimes it may take another person. Hopefully this podcast can do it. In a, in, a, in a small sense, maybe in a big sense. I don't know. Hope, I mean, that is my goal is that there's a there's listen, there's 20,000 podcasts, probably more that can tell you about different references and sets and volume and intensity and all the proper macros and shit you can eat. There's 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 probably tens of thousands of podcasts that can do that for you. But when I sat down and I tried to make an episode for you, I always think like, well, maybe I can unlock some shit that make people revamp how they're looking at it and and go in a different direction, a more positive direction. You know why? Because I am always making mistakes. Oh, boy. I'm going to tell you about a spoon, a magic spoon. Growing up, cereal. It was one of the best parts of being a child, right? Getting a bowl of cereal, some ice cold milk. Mmm, it made your whole day. Well, when we're all trying to eat better as adults, why not have the number one ace up your sleeve right in your pantry at all times? And that is Magic Spoon cereal. It tastes as good, if not better, than all of your favorite childhood cereals. But you don't get any of the junk. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's just a bunch of regular old sugary cereal with a, some protein powder added in. Oh, no, 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 no. Zero grams of sugar, 13, 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving. And it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. Amazing Flavors, I've tried every one, and they're all delicious. Peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, maple, waffle, fruity, cocoa. Oh, man. All of them are delicious. And they, like I said, they all taste as good as your favorite childhood cereals. So head on over to magicspoon.com slash Mikey. Grab a custom bundle of cereal. Try it today. Be sure to use the promo code Mikey at checkout. Save $5 off your entire order. Magic Spoon's so confident in this product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund all your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mikey and use the code Mikey to save $5 off. Thank you so much, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this here episode. Hey, fellas, look, confidence in the bedroom is really important, and I understand it can be embarrassing to try to deal with that if you identify a problem. Well, Blue Chew is here to save the day. Blue Chew, it's a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable tablet, and it comes at a fraction of the cost. All right? You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And the process is super simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, 
You'll receive your prescription within days. The best part is you don't have to deal with the embarrassment of waiting in line at the pharmacy, going to the doctor's office, zero awkward conversations. It all comes right to your door and you get to avoid all the stuff that I know you don't want to deal with. Listen, the bedroom, when it goes down, you want to be able to perform. I get it. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay? So get yourself some Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Mikey. Receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. Gosh darn it, do we ever thank you, Blue Chew, for sponsoring this podcast. Remember to use that promo code Mikey at checkout. I based this whole podcast. I, I told uh, a friend of mine, Aaron Coscarelli, beautiful Aaron. Um, she's a sports broadcaster. Worked at the NFL Network. She works at the Tennis Channel. She works now for the Las uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, and she interviewed me on Mental Health Day. We were just talking because like we're we're very friendly. And um, outside of the business, but then got to know each other through being broadcasters and stuff. And uh, she interviewed me for Mental Health Day because she was doing like this whole twenty four hour Instagram live thing about mental health. I said, everything I've ever done when it came to broadcasting, when it came to what I do for a living, it was like always based on something that I heard Jack Kerouac say. And he said, when it came to his writing, all he had to offer his readers was his mistakes. All I had to, all I had to offer you who is opening up on the road or opening up anything that I've ever written, all I have to offer you is my mistakes. I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not the best writer, but I have my, I will give you my mistakes and hopefully that can give something to you. And I feel the same exact way. I barely graduated high school. I am not a scientist, but I have, I'm a very intellectually curious person and I have a lot of energy for the things that I like to do. And because of that, I go, I go and I go and I go and I fuck everything up. (laughs) So I offer you my mistakes And I'm telling you, mine and many of the people I've coached and many of the people that I see and talk to when it comes to getting shit done, both training and eating-wise, it's a lack of rigorous self-honesty. So let me give you a real-life example, which has happened to me. I always eat right. At least for for my goals, for my what is my the problem fix it thing, I always am analyzing the problem. I'm always fixing it. it. Just here and there, I'll have some ice cream with my wife and daughter. Here and there, I'll have a piece of cake. But you really, I'm always very closely monitoring the food I intake, and it's always nourishing and well thought out. I'm always training. It's not. It's just non-negotiable because it's become so much more to me. I real I've had that Henry Cavill moment. So for me, it's not about, oh, I just got to guard this. I got to guard my gains. I need that to be the best me. I'm always training. Always training jujitsu, always lifting weights, always going after it, right? And I try pretty damn hard with my mental health. Meditate see my therapist do the damn thing 
spend a lot of quality time with the people that I care about that make me feel good about myself, spend a lot of time with my animals, and really engage. And I, you know what? I A thing that I've come to realize is pretty valuable. I still have a big sense of awe. I still go, God darn, you're a good-looking donkey. What a sweet animal you are. Oh, my God, look at that sunset. Let me just take a moment and appreciate that sunset. I, I, so I do all these things. Why am I why am I not at my best lately? Why do I feel so anxiety ridden? Why do I feel so fatigued? Why do I feel so feel as if my physique isn't what it usually is? And I just been sleeping like shit forever. And I'm just not honest with myself. Because do I have Seriously, problems well before caffeine ever got into my life. Yes, I absolutely, as a teenager, I stared at the ceiling till four in the morning. No TV, well before smartphones were invented. And I never drank a cup of coffee or had any level of caffeine until I was, when I was in, until I got into radio. I never, I never was a caffeine guy. Not because uh, I had anything, I just didn't, you know. I never got into drinking caffeine. It was just not a thing. Uh, so I do. I, I have sleep problems. My mom has sleep problems. I have sleep problems. I have a really hard time keeping focus on things because there's a million things going on. I have a very unquiet mind. So that leads to But let's not bullshit ourselves, Michael. You drink to 4,000 milligrams of caffeine. Maybe not. You drink at least a thousand milligrams of caffeine a day. And you can tell yourself, oh, I cut it off before night. Yeah, but who gives a fuck? You're constantly, you get, you got to go to this phone call. You have this conference call. You have this Zoom. It's like, oh, I better get my, better guzzle my 20 ounce coffee, iced coffee, nitro. Or, and uh, I'm constantly staring at a screen. I'm pretty good about, I don't do social media that often. I'm not someone who's constantly staring at my phone. I'm always engaged, but I'm always researching something and always, and I get geeky and I, then something gets on my mind and I'm like, I know I'm in bed and I'm, but I gotta go see, I get out my laptop and I, and I know it's fucking my sleep up. And I just like, Hey, Dick, stop it. Stop lying to yourself. So I've tried. So I got honest with myself. And I've been slowly tapering off my caffeine. And I feel pretty good right now. It's it's probably... Let's see. It's 9 o'clock right now as I'm recording this. PM. I feel pretty good. I've probably only had... 300 milligrams of caffeine. I've had two cups of coffee today. I won right when I woke up to just deal with the the feeling of like, and it's been hard, man. I get I get I get these headaches that start around eight p.m. Dealing with one now. I just try to like rehydrate, keep the hydration up, the whole thing, and I'm doing it. I'm doing it, even though it sucks. And my workouts have been a little muddy. Yesterday, jujitsu, I could feel myself. I was like a little bit. Uh, 
but I'm trying. Because I finally got honest with them. Not because I just discovered some new level of discipline and motivation. I've always had discipline and motivation. Especially for shit like this. I never had discipline and motivation for school, but uh, I have. I, I when it comes to training and eating right and taking care of myself, both internally and 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 my physique, I I'll, there's no lack of willpower, discipline, ambition, the whole thing. I just been fucking bullshitting myself, and it sucks to say that. It hurts. Deep in the cockles of my heart. It hurts. So look at yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror. You know, I, I feel it appropriate to kind of look at it through the prism of fitness and health, right? Because that's what this podcast is about. But really it applies to anything. Where are you failing? And just have the balls to be honest with yourself about it. And don't turn your back on the glaring reality of things. That's the great part about reality. Is that regardless of what you believe, it'll always be there. You can believe in it. You can stop believing in it. It'll just continue to be there. Another lesson I learned real quick through addiction and recovery. I could stop believing that I was a drug addict and an alcoholic, that I just was going through a bad phase. And I've made it a long time. I got a, I got a six months. I got a year of, of sobriety. I can have a glass of wine. I stopped believing that I actually had a, a, a serious issue. But it didn't matter. Because reality was always there. The reality of the fact that any inebriating substance is fucking poison for me, it still remained. So as soon as I had that glass of sake at the sushi bar to celebrate with my buddies... Reality came back to hit me very quickly. And I could believe that I was going to be fine by sleeping four or five hours a night. But reality was always going on, regardless of what I was believing in. Reality was always there. And I didn't need a blood test, and I didn't need lack of performance, and I didn't need smoothing of my abs to remind me that I just had to get honest with myself. Like, where am I failing? I have identified a problem now. Fucking fix it. And if you identify problems and you don't fix them, you're lying to yourself somewhere along this. Somewhere in there, there's a dissonance, and that dissonance is dishonesty. A special treat for you now. As you may have already noticed, I changed my background. I don't know who wrote that. It just, the universe, just go ahead and, but I'm going to put a nice, inspiring, or motivating quote. It's so hard to do with, like, the way lenses work here. Nice, motivating quote every show. The greatest sports moment maybe ever in history 
Heavyweight UFC fighter Derek Lewis removes his trunks immediately after winning a fight. Joe Rogan enters the octagon and says, Derek, I noticed you just took your, your fight trunks off. What's going on there? He says, my balls was hot. <laughs> Joe Rogan says, I understand. <laughs> it's the greatest. I was in Dodger Stadium when Kirk Gibson hit the home run in 88. I was there. I was nine years old. I was in my eyeballs. Me and my dad and my mom. My mom never went to Dodger games with us. And I was a season ticket holder my whole life. Long, Probably before I was born. Dodgers and Lakers. And I was at Dodger Stadium when Kirk Gibson hit the home run in, I believe, game one of the 88 World Series. Famous. Famous sports moment. My balls was hot was better. <laughs> anyway, another special treat for you, besides my new background, is a new segment where my cousin, Rudy Cisneros, well known as Kulo Breaker on the social media, takes over to give you his fitness and health tip of the week. Here is Rudy's Fitness. You know what a faja is, fool? It's like a corset or like a wrap. It's like a rubber tortilla for your flappy panza. And I've been seeing a lot of hyenas lately wearing fajas at the gym, fool. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking, Haina. Oh, look, I got this big floppy panza. I got a fupa. I'll wrap this shit around it. It'll help me get rid of it. Wrong, wrong, wrong. I've done the research. That's not true, but I know it doesn't work. It temporarily removes water weight from that area, making you think it's doing something, but it's not. It doesn't aid in body fat loss in any way. So stop it. All you're going to get is a really sweaty fupa. No more fajas. Take that to the bank, dog. Serio. Thank you, Rudy. And thank you to all my sponsors, to all my listeners, to all my viewers. I love you. I mean it. To all my patrons especially. If you're interested in more help, more insight, more stuff, go over to my Patreon. I will put the link in the show notes below. And uh, I have three tiers of different levels of information, insight, and of course, help and assistance that I may be able to give to you on your journey. So in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, remember, I do. Be good, people. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.